This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT HD, WOGL HD3, Philadelphia, a radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsara, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage specialist, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing fabulous, Mark. How are you? I'm very, very good. It was a very busy week. We're very excited here to be talking to you, our audience, every week uh, here on 1210. I had a lady call me for after last week's show and, like, gave us real big kudos. So I'm very happy about that. And if you have any questions, you can give us a call about commercial, residential, any kind of real estate questions. Give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number, Mark, is 609-605-7153. And we're here just to keep you informed, help in any way we can. You can listen to this show and our past shows at goodnewsandrealestate.com and at WPHT's website. What's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Which has always been good. Yep, we have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. We also have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? Is the home ready mortgage for you? None for you. (laughs) (laughs) See how that's kind of a play on words? Home ready, get home ready. All right, we also have our questions, Mark. How much does it cost to transfer a mobile home title in PA? Next question is, what happens in a real estate contingency if the buyer has not agreed in writing to the new closing date? Uh Uh-oh. How do I find a real estate broker to sell real estate in Tennessee? Next question is, if a utility company has asked me for an easement on my property, should they pay for it or me? Good one. Next, Next question is, can you file a lien against a real estate for past due child support? Huh. Next question is when should I when should I use a hard money lender? Good questions yeah. this week, Mark. We also right. have our topic of the day, which is realtor demographics. But first, give us your motivational quote. The motivational quote is if you want it to happen, you must make it happen. If you let it happen, you won't like what happened. <laughs> so get on the ball and make it happen. I like so where that. are we at? 
So, Mark, we are up to the market report. I got a little different kind of report this week. But first, Governor Wolf, it's time to go green. Open the doors. We need to get business <laughs> back on track here, man. Really. But anyway, with the market, we'll talk about some different stuff this week. Home flipping in the first quarter of the year jumped to the highest level since 2006. Remember old 2003, 4, 5, how much flipping oh, was yeah. going on? As investors rush in to snatch up all the properties to resell for a profit, home flipping comprised 7.5% of all home sales during the first quarter, up from 7.3% last year. Uh, they reported in this report. It defines a house flip as a purchase and sale within 12 months. There's one in my neighborhood. The guy, I don't know what he did wrong, but it went on for almost two years. So by the time he sold his thing, he probably took a loss. Probably. Some of them don't know what they're doing, and they get in trouble. Anyway, the gross profit profit on a typical flip nationwide, the difference between the median sales price and the median paid by the investor, rose in the first quarter to $62,300. However, due to rising home prices, the profit for investors equated to about a 36.7% return on the investment compared to the original purchase price, which is down from 40%. So it's getting a little tougher with this low inventory and the cost of materials and everything else and lack of labor to net more. But anyway, the profit margin for flipping properties is at the lowest level for flipping since the third quarter of 2011. But profits are down and are lower than they've been since the dark days following the Great Recession, which is a sign that investors aren't keeping up with the price increases in the broader market. Enter now the coronavirus pandemic and the prospects for flipping are notably uncertain, at least in the short term. We should know a lot more in a few months about whether prices are going to drop and investors get all hard hit or whether they can increase their profit margins, which I think that's the way it's going to go. I think things are going to really take off now and, and it's going to start happening soon. We're one of the last states, Pennsylvania, that's not open. It's ridiculous. Anyway, during the first quarter, which does not reflect the full extent of the pandemic, the housing market saw the largest increase in home flipping rates in Boston up 80%, Massachusetts up 76%, Washington, New York, Pennsylvania was up 71%. So, and Minneapolis was up, but that's probably going to be a turnaround there now that uh, protesters took over the city. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, more more investors are using cash to finance their house flip uh, than they were before, uh, and it provides a little more of a safety net for them. In the first quarter, 59.5% of the homes flipped were purchased with all cash, which I never thought was a good idea anyway. I always live by OPM, other people's money. That's right. Other people's That's money. Right. Agreed. Right. Investors took an average of 174 days to complete a flip, slightly down from 180 days a year ago. Now, here's something interesting. Landlords are taking re retail tenants to court for missed rental payments because of the virus. You know, some people didn't want to pay their rent, and then there was all these missed out there. You don't have to pay. Well, that was, like, not written in, you know, and signed. So yeah, but the courts are owners, closed. Oh, now they're they're opening. So they didn't receive their payments in April and May or filing lawsuits to try to collect on them now that they're past 30-day grace period. Tenants are arguing 
force majeure in effect outside of their control in the case of a global pandemic there that's like uh, uh thing of nature happening is preventing them from making their payments they contend that their leases should be modified due to the shutdown in many states however landlords are countering that the pandemic does not qualify them to miss payments regardless if they're expecting fewer customer sales and it's this is not like the small guys gap PetSmart, uh the national basketball association a lot of them haven't been paying their rent so there's been court cases and now tenants are also starting to file laws lawsuits because their insurance companies aren't paying the gap for right. loss of business so there's a lot going on uh but it's time to go green and risk is fine so anyway well speaking of I a lot that that's going on there's a lot going on with there. the rates so and right now mark you're rates. at a 30-year conventional rate at three percent we're hovering 2.875, 3% on the rate. Your 15-year, your 30-year FHA is at 3%. That's insane. I know. It's insane. The rates are crazy. Anybody that is at 3.75% or above, I keep saying it every every show, you got to call me to refinance. Give me a call at 609-605-7153. Yeah, tell all, tell all of our listeners to tell their friends to listen every week because you need to do this. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. So we're at the end. Mark, we're up to your funny story. Oh, I got one for you. So this husband and wife, right? They tell the kids they're thinking about selling their home and moving to a larger home. At first, the kids are a little upset about moving, but they weren't up to the idea. The parents told the kids that the home would be listed for sale and there would be a sale sign on the lawn. They did not want people just popping in and asking questions. They wanted their agent to handle all that and find them a buyer. But most importantly, they told the kids, you're going to have to keep your rooms always clean and help around the house because you never know when a buyer is going to show up with, a, with an agent. So every day, make your bed, pick up around the house. And this goes on for months. This is back in a buyer's market. This goes on for like six months. Finally, one of the kids asked the mother, she goes, Mom, is this house ever going to sell? And the mother pondered for a moment. And, and then she said, to tell you the truth, me and your father decided to sell, not sell, about three months ago. But you kids were doing such a great job around the house, we couldn't bring ourselves to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I tried that. It didn't last real long yeah, at all. Yeah, you actually did, <laughs> did that. <laughs> uh, if you have a funny story you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it's time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Mortgage Mom, Deanne Katsaris. And her topic today is, is the home-ready mortgage for you? So tell me about this. 
This is a great product, Mark, and it's been out for a while, but not a lot of people know about it. And it's a conventional purchase loan, and it allows our borrowers to put as little as 3% down. So basically, in comparison to our FHA loan, which was at 3.5%, this loan only requires that you put 3% down. And you have the flexibility as far as source of funds. So you can have gift funds, you can have your down payment assistance, you can have grant money. Um, but again, the minimum down payment is only 3%. Uh, and you With can't this, get assist? I'm you sorry? Can't get assi- you can't get seller assist? You can get seller assist up to 3% with 3% down, yes. Well, that's a good deal. Yep. So basically, um, you also have lower mortgage insurance. So remember when we always did a conventional loan and anybody that had a 680 or anything that was really under a 720 credit score, the mortgage insurance was always going to be higher. Well, this product with the Home Ready, it allows the mortgage insurance to be lower than it would on a regular convention. Now, there are some, you also are able to get a little bit lower of an interest rate, but the key to this is that there's also income limits. So depending on what county you're in and how many um, people are going to be living in the household, you're going to have your income limits. I know. Just keep laughing. Make a counties. comment. But how many counties are there in Pennsylvania? How many counties are there in Pennsylvania? 3,007. You sure it's not 3,006? That's the whole United States, actually. Okay. 67 <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Go ahead. Okay. So you have a lot of information up there, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this product is used as a purchase. You can have what we call a non-occupying co-borrower, which means mom or dad, sister, brother. Someone can co-sign for this mortgage for you, or I should say with you. They don't necessarily need to live in the house. And the great thing about the conventional financing versus this as your FHA is if somebody has student loans, We only need to count a half a percent instead of a full percent like we do for FHA. So somebody that has a $200,000 student loan, that's going to make a big difference because we're going to use 1% of that is going to be $2,000 versus a conventional mortgage. It's only going to be a thousand. It makes a big difference whether you're going to go conventional or FHA. And it's my job to determine what the best program is going to be for you. Can you purchase a two-unit or a three-to-four-unit with this product? Absolutely. The only difference is the amount that you're going to put down is going to be greater than 3%, but you can still get it with a lower credit score, a lower mortgage um, insurance rate, and also a lower 30-year fixed rate. So it's a great product. We've been using it. Um, There is a little class that you take. You can go online. It lasts for about 45 minutes. You print out your certificate. But it's, it's getting home ready. So the class is basically teaching you how to become a home buyer, teaching you that you need to have your utilities and what percentage of your income should actually go towards the mortgage itself. So the best, um, the best credit score for this is, is going to be either a 660 or better. And if someone's not at a 660 mark, generally right. we'll be able to walk them through the process to get the credit score up a little bit for them. It sounds like a good program. It is. And it, it's fairly new. I mean, it's been around probably for about two years or so, but not a lot of lenders promote it. And whenever we're doing a pre-approval, I always like to give them the scenario of going FHA, where again, you're getting a full percent six, a full 6% seller concession or to do this program. So it depends. Right. Do you have a grant? 
or you need the full seller concession? What kind of assets are you using? What is your income? How many people are living in the household? So all that basically comes into play when you're doing this. Very good. So if anybody has any questions on that, you can give me a call at 609-605-7153. All right. So Mark, question number one, how much does it cost to transfer a mobile home title in PA? Not much. It's just like uh, transferring a car title. Like, I don't know the exact cost, but it's probably like a hundred and some bucks or something. Like, I don't know how much, like, if you transfer a car to somebody. Uh, but it's not a mobile home. Is a has a vehicle registration, not a title like a home, because it's movable. Movable. So when you first get it, you get just like registering your car. So it's the similar cost to uh, transferring a car to somebody. I don't know. It's probably like ninety bucks or something. That's it. The next question is: What happens in a real estate contingency? If the buyer has not agreed in writing to the new closing date. Well, unless it's in writing, the deal is going to die. So if a buyer, uh, the seller needed more time and they asked the buyer to extend and the buyer said no, once it gets to that closing date, that contract is void and everybody can walk away. Uh, That's why this contract is supposed to be written like you're standing in front of your honor and this is supposed to hold up in court. So this is how you get into lawsuits and arbitrations and mediation. Because now the seller, the buyer has not agreed to, to the new date. They want to settle. And the seller agreed to that date originally. So you got a problem that you need to mediate. And hopefully you don't end up in court. All right. Very good. Question number three. How do I find... A real estate broker to sell real estate in Tennessee. Here's what I do. I got an old trick. What I do, I call, I Google, I Google uh, in Tennessee, whatever city it is, and whatever franchise I want to use, I call that office up. I give agents this tip. And then I call that office and I say, I was just on the phone with uh, one of your top agents. Right. <laughs> she, she's got a team. She's got a, an assistant. She does tons of sales. And, and I'm blanking on her name. Name me a couple of your top women agents that got a team and that sell a lot of real estate. And then the receptionist, they always know. They run off. A, and I say, yeah, that's her. I said, that's her. Connect me with her. And that's how I find a top agent in some little town in Tennessee. It always works. And then I give them a referral and they send me a check. It always works out. What's the next one? Next question is, if a utility company has asked me for an easement on my property, should they pay for it or me? You know what? This is one that a lot of homeowners don't realize. Like, say, Comcast or whatever company all of a sudden wants to get to the other side of the street and they show up and there's a bucket truck next to you know they're drilling into your house and hooking a wire because they need to get somewhere i think they should pay for that because that they're, t- they're just taking this easement for free now the average public just goes oh okay okay you know whatever but like you know if i have legal shield like me and you do and I call legal. I tell them, listen, you're not putting that across there unless you do something for me. I want like uh, Comcast for five years for free. And they go, well, I don't know about that. And I call Legal Shield up, and uh, whilst the Legal Shield lawyers send the Comcast over a letter, 
And next thing you know, I get paid for them to be able to go through my property. But the average consumer, they just let them do it. You know? Because if you don't ask? The answer is no. And 80% of the public does not have an attorney. And we've had legal shield for what? For 10 years? And, At least. And for how much is it a month for a family? 22 bucks or something? Yep. twenty four ninety five gives you complete access to an attorney. And your whole family's represented 24 hours a day by an attorney. How do you beat that? I got it for my school. I got the business plan. It's like $69. So somebody says, I'm going to sue you. I go, go for it. question number five can you file a lien against real estate for past due child support well you can try attempt to do anything so so somebody who's child support (laughs) most of the time you're not going to get through title because they're they're going to do a domestic lien search and if somebody owes child support uh it's going to come up yeah well mark there's there's going to be a lien yeah, it actually shows up on your credit report. Right. So somebody that has that's paying child support and it's court ordered, it's going to be a trade line on their credit report. And right. if they fall behind, it's going to show that it's past due. It's going to show up as a collection if it gets really past due. Underwriter is not going to allow them to purchase a home with that on there. And yes, it does it does show up as a lien on the property. And it definitely shows up on title. And then they're going to have to do something about it. Either get on a payment plan, bring it up to date, whatever. I remember back in the old days when I first got my license, like if you were in one state and went to another, you didn't have to worry. But now it's all 50 states. So what's the next Yeah, it has to be paid. You can't be past due. The last question is, when should I ever use a hard lender? Well, a hard lender, you're going to pay a lot of fees. Now, I used to do a lot of flips with a hard lender, and he used to charge me six points. Three points oh up my front God. and three at the table. But I could settle, I could walk into a house today, and some seller says, I'm, I'm thinking about selling, but, and then ask me, do you buy? And I could say, yes, I buy. And how much would you give me for it? I'll give you an example. The last one I did was a condo at 16th and Spring Garden. It was worth like 200000 It was 800 square feet, right? And I was going to list it. And the guy said that to me. I said, well, I'll give you 100 He goes, oh, no, I want more than that. I said, well, then you got to put it on the market. So I started. I got halfway through the page on the listing contract. And he goes, you know what? I'll take the 100 So I wrote him a deal. But I, I used a hard lender, so I settled. I think this was on Saturday. I settled on Tuesday. Yeah, and I paid the extra yeah. points. Yeah, I mean, you're not showing. You don't need I, any. You don't need like any I'd paperwork. I'd rather not use here. a hard lender and pay them extra points. But in an emergency situation, they have their place. So exactly. All right, that was the last question. That was the last question. Coming up next right. is going to be our our guest segment. And we have Avi Cohen standing by, and he is the owner and creator of his own real estate brokerage, Citywide Realty, Inc. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio, 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. But first, a word from one of our home team partners, Remax, and Alan Stassen, who's famous for being a Philadelphia real estate expert. 
right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. So where are we at, Dan? Mark, we are up to our guest segment, and we are honored today to have Mr. Avi Cohen as our guest, and he is the owner and creator of his own real estate brokerage, Citywide Realty Inc. Avi, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you guys for having me on your radio show. Yeah, oh, anytime. Avi's involved with a lot of stuff, too. And uh, me and Avi have been talking, and we're going to meet shortly about some other plans we have. But Avi wants to talk about, and I, what I want to hear Avi's opinion on, what's happening with the market and where do you think we're going, Avi? Yes, Mark. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of things happening, and until... December of 2019, everybody knew that the market's going one direction. After December 2019, nobody knows what the market's going in what direction. We all knew that the market had a shortage of product, high demand, looks like seller market in every direction. But then COVID-19 happened and yeah. we decided, okay, we freeze the whole thing and we're going backwards. Now COVID-19 is up and running again, and they reopened the state. We see a lot of movements to the suburbs and still activities in the city. So I do believe that the changes, city versus suburbs, going to happen more often towards 21, 22. And we will see still demanding on the city in the next three to four months. And after that, we're going to see moving a lot to the suburbs, and we already start seeing the demand. You think so? You think there's going to be a little shift? Because we were in a shift back into the city. There was a lot of movement back into the city with baby boomers downsizing, wanted to be back in the neighborhoods, and then with the millennials moving in, too. You, so you think there could be a shift going out? What, because of the congestion of the city? Correct. We believe that even though... People move to the city because of convenience and comfortable lifestyle where they do not need cars and they walk everywhere, they can Uber everywhere, and they don't have to maintain big homes. We see a big movement into the suburbs, even though into the mother and father homes and the mother and father area where kids said, I'm going back to that area where there are less people, less uh, condensity, and less demand for fight on a spot that becomes smaller and smaller, and you pay a higher and higher price. In the suburbs, if you pay the money, you get more for your money, and that's why we see that. What about the tax scenarios in the counties? Because, like, some of the, some of the like, surrounding close ones, like, uh, like, Cheltenham Township, you get into Montgomery County, the taxes are double, triple what they are in Philly uh, compared to like something in the Northeast or something like that. What about that impact? Well, that was applied until tax abatement. Since the tax abatement is going to be vanished very, very soon because of the city demand more and more money and they have to recoup some of that money back, they're already talking about removing the tax abatement. So therefore, houses in the city will see increase by 100 and 200% on their taxes. And that's what drive a lot of people to suburbs. They say, if I'm already paying the price and I'm already paying the taxes, might as well 
have a public school system, better school system, might as well have that space in the backyard that they wanted and not live on top of each other where I cannot find parking right next to my house. Hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting, like, one of the big things, like sometimes it happens with buyers, like up in the Northeast, they'll be looking in the Northeast, and they want to look in Bucks, they want to look in Montgomery, but they're also interested in the Northeast, but then they ride, they have, like I live in Fox Chase, if I, and my taxes are 3400 I think, for a 3,000 square foot house, house in the Northeast. If I ride uh, just over a half a mile down the road, taxes jump to twelve grand. For a twelve hundred square foot house, so that that's a lot different on a mortgage. You think that's going to have any impact? Well, the impact that we've seen because of the tax abatement are going away, and even though they was talking about delay that process in one year, there will not be a ten year tax abatement. The max that they will give is like buy level year and every other year and. It's five years tax abatement, and after that, your tax is going to skyrocket. We see that with investment. We see that with regular purchase. With the interest rate so low, there is no reason not to go and purchase the 300, 400, 500,000 home. Even though the taxes are 12,000, you put that into the mortgage with the mortgage payment, you're still sometimes less than a city. I mean, we see houses in Christian for half a million. We see. Oh, yeah. Houses in South Philly for 500, 600, and the taxes are three, four thousand. But with the tax abatement going away, those taxes going to skyrise to eight and nine. And the city knows that. And people moved here to save money and be close to the city. But when they're not saving on taxes and they do not have the big backyard, they do not have the school system that I believe is going to take years to fix in Philadelphia. They're going back to the suburbs. And I'm not talking about the regular suburbs. They're going to go deep, deep suburbs. I'm talking about Dollstown, Quakertown, those suburbs, where you still can buy a house of 3,000 square feet and pay 7, 8 in taxes, not 12, right. 15, like you pay in Box and Montgomery, Montgomery County. You can go yeah. over with, where the ends at and pay like 20 some. <laughs> Very funny, Mark. No, but, but Avi, I'm definitely seeing that the people. You know, the people that I had pre-approved prior to this pandemic, you know, had their had their sights set on being in the city. And now it's completely changed. They don't want to be in the city. And now they're in Bucks, Bucks County, Montgomery County, um, Delaware County. They've definitely made a shift and they're willing to, you know, make that drive now and make the sacrifice and give up those conveniences to be out in the suburbs. I mean, you can't blame them. They've been looking at four walls for, what, four months, three months? Ninety-some days. I mean, you can't blame them. No. That's correct. And and if you're seeing most of the people that shift in, because we were in a shift prior to the shift. Now we are in a shift inside the shift. And this is very fascinating because those are the people that usually work from home doing a quarantine. And right. people already preparing for the next COVID-19, for the next wave. And they said, okay, if I'm already quarantined and I'm already working from home, might as well, I'm going to have a nice backyard, might as well, the school system, the public school system is going to give me everything that my child did, versus 
If I'm already in a city and the tax is low, but I have to spend enormous money on private school system, therefore, my plus and minuses each month are equal to living in the suburbs. So why to live in a box when you don't have a backyard and you don't have your privacy and you cannot even park next to your house unless you have a garage and parking lot, private parking, and you hope that nobody's going to block it every night. So that's another point why people going into the suburbs. And by calculating the interest rate that I believe is going to stay low for the next year or two, and when I'm saying low, low even if they rise up to four and five, it's still very low. We're not yeah. in the 70s and 80s when we have 18%, then your mortgage is so high. We're talking about 3 4 5%. I know. Great we rates. 3% great rates. And, and any nice-sized house, you're talking about less than $4,000 in a mortgage, less than $3,000 in a mortgage. And therefore, and you get the school system that you get, public school system, that you get everything that you want in the school system. I know. My first so, interest rate was 13%. So, Av, we're running out of time. So, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Give out your number, your name of your company, and all. Yeah, so I am the president of Citywide Realty, Inc., the one-block shop, Citywide, Keller Williams in Canterbury, Philadelphia, the real estate matchmaker. My cell phone number is 215-852-0125. 215-852-0125. Any question regarding real estate, refinancing, wholesale, uh, management, rental, we do it all. I just want to mention one more thing, real quick, because I know we're running out of time. Citywide and Citywide Keller Williams, uh, together with the other family, we decided to create Citywide 2020 LLC. That's an entity that, with whatever happening right now in society, we want to contribute our help to community and giving back. We will choose a hundred individual minority that we will bring them from zero to six figures and will change their life. We'll put them in real estate school, train them train them how to be an entrepreneur in the real estate world, and change their life. Because we believe that if we change one person's life, we can change a whole nation. All right, That's uh, great. Thank you so we'll much, have you Avi. Back. We'll have you back when we're back in the studio, too. We're at 24th and Market. All right. Thank, thank you. you, guys. Enjoy day. Thank All right. you. All right. And thank coming you. up next will be our topic of the day, Realtor Demographic. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, all positive all the time. We will be right back. Good news in real estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT all positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Oh, Mark, you're cracking me up. We are up to our topic of the day, which is realtor demographics. Yeah, so I figured I'd just run through this real fast. So people know it? who the average realtor is. So right okay. now, there's about a million three realtors. That was as of March of 2020. 
there's probably going to be less because not all of them are going to survive this pandemic because they don't all lead generate correctly, but I'm not getting into that. But anyway, 68% of the realtors are licensed as sales agents, 20% hold a broker's license, 14% hold a broker's associate license. A typical realtor is a 54-year-old white female who attended college and is a homeowner. 67% of all realtors are female, and the medium age is 52. Real estate experience of all realtors average is eight years. Medium tenure at a present firm is four years. And that's what I always tell, you know, most realtors, they stay at a company for about four or five years and then they move again. It doesn't matter where company you're really at if you're a good agent and you lead generate correctly. Most realtors work 35 hours a week. Uh, median gross income for realtors in 2018 was 41000 that went up from 39000 in 2017. They're the ones that do not lead generate correctly and can't get out of their own way, and they still make forty grand a year. Median number of transactions that they do, the medium sides, are 11 sides, uh, and on sides, we're talking about buyers and buyer sellers. Sell, buyer yeah. versus seller. Uh, spe- residential specialists, 12 residential sides for commercial specialists, because a lot of commercial deals are a lot more money. They might only do four commercial sides for commercial specialists only is four. Formal education of realtors, some college, 30%. Bachelor degree, 31%. Graduate degrees, 13%. Associate degrees, 13%. So all those all those uh, degrees, and they're doing real estate. Some graduate school, 6%. And high school graduate, 8%. So most of them got college, some college. Uh, real estate affiliation, independent contractors, 87% of them are. That's when you're when you're a realtor with a working for a company. You are an independent contractor, ten ninety nine. Only five percent that work in the industry are employees. They're on salary, and then there's a other. There's a mix of commissions and salary. Eight percent. So, realtors most often prefer. And here's where the big mistakes are made. Yeah, this realtors drives me most, insane. Realtors most often prefer to communicate with their clients through email, 93%. 92% prefer to communicate through text messaging, which is really dangerous. 37 through instant messaging. Notice that phone calls is not even in that group, it's, which ha- is the most important thing. The conversation Smart. is the relationship. What? I'm training two people right now to come into my business and they both started texting, both started emailing. How can you gain somebody's trust trust if you don't have a conversation with them and literally have a conversation? What are you looking for? What are your goals? How can I help you? You can't say that over a text. And besides that, you got every other industry doing that to them too. The insurance companies, the life, the health insurance, every everybody's doing that to them. So they're not reading most of that stuff. I'm telling you, if a realtor makes five phone calls a day, just to their database, they'll do great. And it's one of the biggest mistakes in our industry. 
Realtors who were 49 years or younger were most likely to have a real estate blog at 11%. 76% of female realtors and 73% of male realtors use social media. Members found that three most valuable technical tools used in their business, excluding email and cell phones, were the local MLS, 64%, lockboxes, Smart keys, 39%, and social media platforms, 28%. The top three tech tools that have given the highest quality leads, social media, 47%, the MOS, 32%, brokerage websites, both 29 48% of all real estate firms cited keeping up with technology as one of the biggest challenges in facing the firms. But the most interesting things out of all those numbers, it's, it's mostly women. And mostly getting older women. So we need a lot of younger blood to start getting involved with this. And and the ones that get involved, like the two young guys we I had come out of my school, and we told them to make five phone calls a day, and they were brand new, no bad habits. They, they made over 100000 their first year because they didn't have any bad habits. They weren't right. around old realtors that just send emails and... Like, look at all the realtors that sent out Eagle schedules this year. How good were they? <laughs> Philly <laughs> schedules. They, oh, I sent out the Eagle schedule, the Philly schedule. Yeah, they're, they're, they're worth, uh, like, Zippo. <laughs> yeah, and, so, you know, and but, I get it. The biggest challenge, you know, in the next two years is going to be technology because technology is changing all the time. So it's difficult to keep up. I mean, you know, my son's a millennial. You know, he just graduated college. And by the time we put something in play, something better comes out. So it is really hard to keep up. That's all changing with months in months. Yeah, but I also, I mean, especially with the pandemic and and the Zoom, it's pick up the phone and have a conversation. It, It just makes the world of difference. And I've been doing all the closing packages by phone, not even by Zoom, but just picking up the phone and doing that. And it's made... You know, a world of difference because I can have a conversation with them, answer their questions instead of, here's the package. I know. All right, we got to go. Dr. Ray's on the phone. Hello, Hi, Dr. Guys. Ray. Hey, how are you? Hi. I'm doing great. How about you? So, Dr. Ray, you just heard our conversation. What do you think about what we were just talking about? I think you're totally right. I mean, I, I started in the real estate industry back in, in 1983. All right. And where we are now, and I was watching university students for 30 years, where we're at now is everybody thinks that it's about the words that you say. But that's a small percentage of what's going on. It's all about the relationship that you build. Right. You know, and, and, and all you're doing with texting is, is putting out words. And then in, sometimes it even gets worse because what does LOL mean? Right. I've heard a half a dozen different definitions for LOL. So if you put it down, you don't know what it is. So what happens is you, you're texting somebody and you think they know what you're saying, but there's nothing coming back to you. So you don't Texting's know how they're interpreting dangerous. it. That's right. It's, Texting's it's really dangerous. dangerous. It's, it's okay if, if, if it's something that isn't really important or you want to communicate some data or some information. But when you're talking about selling real estate, for most people, it's the biggest investment of their lives. Okay? And they might do it three or four times their life. Okay? Maybe even more. But every time they do it, it's always their biggest investment. And 
And people buy from emotion. They don't buy from objectivity. So if you're going to just be texting all the time or you're going to be emailing all the time, you don't have the emotional connection that is there. And what what I believe we're going to see is as more and more of these people just start using technology and technology and technology, we're going to see the agents, Mark, that you were talking about who are actually making telephone calls, who are establishing relationships, doing phenomenal, okay? Because they're going to be the ones that are trusted. The ones that are doing texting all the time are going to be the ones that are thought to be efficient, but mm, do they really know what you're talking about? Dr. Wright, we got to wrap it up here. We're running out of time, but that was great insight as usual. All right, doctor, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can email me at deannekatsaris at comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week here on 1210 WPHT and staying tuned in. And you can listen to this show and the other show at our websites. And so with that... Have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All, all positive, positive. All the all time. The time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community all the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours.